Charlie is no stranger to redeeming love. If you've been here for a minute, he's been ministering here for, what did we, th- what did we say yesterday, 28 years? 28 years. Is this an unusual thing that a prophet is a, fa- is a friend of the body for 28 consecutive years? Uh, I don't know that we've missed a year, and we love having Pastor Charlie. Uh, always brings a, a word to stir us, always brings a word to encourage us, and uh, his prophetic gift is just wonderful. We love to have him in the house. So stand to your feet and welcome Charlie to the, pla- to the pulpit this morning. Good morning, church. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on now. I don't care what it looks like out there. This is the Lord's day. And every day of the week, and every month, and everything we've lived through, it is the Lord's day. And I'm just grateful. You know, people are saying to me and Sharon, you guys are crazy. You're too... You're too hyped up. You're too faith, full of faith. You're too full of this. I mean, you can say anything you want, but you know what? My God is an awesome God. <laughs> you know? I mean, He created the earth. He created us. So you know what? He's in full control. Say He's in full control. He's in full control. Come on. Come on. We got to wake up, you know? Uh, no fear. There is no fear. No fear. Right, Sharon? No fear. We greet you from the wonderful state of Florida, from South Florida, actually. That's where we reside. It's so good to be here live again. And I don't see, like I said yesterday to the leaders, A, B, C, D on the chairs so we can prophesy over you. It's just good to be live. It's good to be alive. Amen. Um, This morning, I'm going to bring you a word. Then we're going to pray over some folks, you know, as the Lord leads. And uh, the Lord spoke to me to bring this word to y'all. And I titled it for lack of a better, thank you, PT, uh, a better title called Clear the Air. And the subtitle is No More Lingering Smoke. And Sharon and I, we're just, we're just going we're just going to have a conversation with you this morning. And I just want to talk from my heart to your heart. I'm going to say some things to you that are um, very close to Sharon and I, some things that we have lived through. We're open books. And if I can share what's been going on in my life and Sharon's life, maybe it'll help you get through some bumps and bruises. Amen? And so um, that's just who we are. But I want you to know that life is a fiery furnace. Let's just take care of the elephant in the room. And it's been a fiery furnace, not for the past two years. It's been a fiery furnace since the 60s, to be honest with you. This is nothing new. It's just been building every year. Every year that we have walked away from the Lord and taken God out of schools and government and everything else that's been going on, we've just been going down a pathway, and now we're here. But it reminds me of Daniel 3. I love the book of Daniel. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were serving God with passion, and then boom, Boom, 
they found themselves in a fiery furnace. Their lives got uprooted. They were taken from the home that they loved. And they were being forced to fit into a society that was very evil. Sound familiar? Say this with me. Charlie is not being political. He's being biblical. It says in Daniel 3 that King Nebuchadnezzar was so upset that he turned the furnace up, not by twice, not by three times, but by seven times hotter than the furnace could even withstand. And this morning I got up and I was looking over my notes and it hit me. God was using... King Nebuchadnezzar in a mighty way because seven times the number seven is the number of perfection. He was prophesying to the furnace. As a matter of fact, it says that the furnace was so hot that when the guards took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the furnace to throw them in, they burned up. And this morning I'm thinking to myself, how is it the guards burned up, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't? I mean, the story was unfolding before the story even started. Come on, think about this. And then, and then, they walk out of the furnace unsinged and did not smell like smoke. You're going to understand very shortly why they did not smell like smoke. Have any of you ever walked through a fire? I can say today, pretty much all of us. Sharon and I have walked through a lot of fires. And here it is. I'm just going to be open and honest. People think because you're a pastor or you're in ministry or something that you live this charmed life and, and you know, you step into the telephone booth and voila, you come out with an S on your chest and a cape. Yeah. If you don't know what a telephone booth is, Google it. <laughs> what kind of fire have we walked through, Sharon? We've walked through that people we thought were our friends stabbed us in the back. Oh, come on. You know, just because we're in ministry, we are not exempt. Another fire. People we trusted with our lives talked badly about us. People we forgave never forgave back. Well, I remember that conversation with the Lord. What's up? What's up with this? Doesn't the Bible say we're, to, we're commanded to forgive? Why aren't they forgiving? Doesn't the Bible say if we can't forgive our brothers or our sisters, then how can God the Father forgive us? Doesn't the Bible say if we know someone's got ought against us, that we're to leave our gift at the altar and go to them? What happened here, Lord? You know what the Lord said to me? Nothing. 
Never answered me. God. Next fire we walked through. People we bailed out bailed on us. Man, Sharon and I smelled like smoke. We smelled like smoke. It got on us. And I'm going to tell you something right now. It wasn't the enemy that put the smoke on us. It was me and Sharon that put the smoke on us because we let that fire consume us. Have you ever been hurt by situations beyond your control? Situations that fill your life with great pain and sorrow? Smoke from the world, from those you love? Can I tell you something? We got more smoke from those that loved us, that supposedly loved us, than we got from the world. Oh, don't go quiet on me now. We smelled like smoke in the behest because Sharon and I allowed ourselves to stink of life situations. We let those things from people get on us. The hypocrisy of people's words and actions blinded my senses. Betrayals hurts in other people's opinions or negative words about us that clung to me were all fire and smoke from life's furnace. Wow. Smoke, by the way, comes in different odors. And we've got to learn to recognize them. What are some of the odors that smoke brings fear, bitterness, hurts or betrayals, uh-oh, rejection, untruth. They can and they will overwhelm you and hold you back if you don't stand up like those three men did, and said, no. We will not conform. We will not bow to any golden statue. We will not eat this food. Oh, but if we don't conform, we're going to go in the fire. What can I say? You'll see. You can choose to smell of smoke, or you can choose not to be held back by the smoke of life. It's our choice. In 1 Peter 5 7, 1 Peter 5 7, out of the Passion Bible, it says, Give all, say all, all. not loud enough, all. Your worries and cares to God. Why? Because it says He cares about you. Well, you know what? I could stop right there. Because that's all we need to know. 
We just turn it all over to the Lord. We give him everything. He's got our back. You don't, sometimes we don't like the way he's got our back. Because we don't want to go through the fire. You either handle the smells and the smoke of life that gets on you, all those untruths, rejection and everything, by using an air freshener or an odor eliminator. One masks the odors, the other eliminates the odors. I'll never forget the year. I was so proud, I found a 33-pound Plainsville turkey to cook for Thanksgiving. Our children were small. We were living in Ilion, and I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning and put that turkey in the oven fully stuffed. About 6 o'clock in the morning, the Holy Spirit showed up in our house. And what I mean by that is there was so much smoke in the house we couldn't see past our hands. Kids are like, what's going on? Dad's cooking the turkey. <laughs> we open the windows, you know, try to get the smoke out, and we're spraying air freshener in the house. Do you know what lilac turkey smells like? <laughs> I almost couldn't eat the turkey later that day. What had happened was the turkey was so big, it was dripping in the oven, and it was just smoking and and smoking and smoking. My point here is to get rid of the smoke in our lives, to get rid of that odor, we must allow God to absorb the things that we worry or fret about. We mask them. Oh, praise God, I'm fine. No, you're not. I smell you. How do I smell you? By the way you're saying, the way you're looking, your body language. You can get rid of the smoke because if you don't get rid of them, those feelings are going to keep you overwhelmed. I want those feelings absorbed. See, I look at the air fresheners are, uh, that you, we try to get the smoke out of our lives is, is recommendations from the world. The odor eliminator is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The odor eliminator is right here. Oh, well, you don't really believe all the words in there. Yeah, I do. It is the infallible written word of God. And there's people out there saying, well, you know, they embellished, they did this. You know what? I hope I have a front seat in heaven when those people come on Judgment Day and they try to tell God, well, you know, the monks were high on wine and all this kind of... I can't wait to see the answer. Those feelings that sustain, not hurt, but sustain the hurt and anger, the only way they're going to go is being absorbed by God. Feelings that we want revenge... Versus extending love and mercy. You're looking at a guy born and raised Italian in a mafia family. I want revenge. 
I want to see when people do things wrong, I want to see them floating down the Hudson with cement overshoes. But God says you can't do that. God spoke to me just this past week. He said, people in front of you and all around you are not your enemy, Charlie. Satan's your enemy. They're ignorant. They don't know me like you know me. You need to pray for them. You know how hard that is for me? Pastor Tom's sitting right here. He'll tell you. That's very difficult for me to do. But I've had to learn to do it because I want God to absorb the smoke in my life. Now, here's a scripture that I hold on to and I won't let go of. Psalm 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Submit to him, and he will make your pathways straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. <laughs> we got a lot of that going on today. A lot of people are wise in their own eyes. But it, here's the key part of the scripture. Fear. Not the fear we're having because of what's going on. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Fear the Lord. He's got your life in the palm of your hand, his hand. That's right. That's right. And then it goes on to say, this will bring health to your body. Woohoo! And nourishment to your bones. What it means is, it's going to bring healing to your flesh. And it's going to bring that refreshment to your bones. I want that. Every day, this is a refrigerator scripture. Because you go to the refrigerator a lot, at least I do, okay? To read every day, to remind yourselves, we have to trust in the Lord. And then, uh, an associated scripture to it in Philippians 2, the Apostle Paul reminds us that Jesus' death on the cross leads to our salvation. We were singing a song about this today. He has complete, say complete, complete. Over, author, over, the, uh, over our situations and our problems. He has complete authority over our problems, our situations, our circumstances, our fears, our failures, and our successes. See, if you're going to trust in the Lord with all of your heart, then you got to believe what Paul is telling us in Philippians 2. He's got complete authority. Complete. Jesus can cast out the darkness. Amen. You know, i got people saying to me, we talked about this with the leaders yesterday. Oh, you're just a, you're just a big dreamer. You know, uh, the earth is doomed. We're done. And I'm thinking to myself, are you kidding me? This book is full of flipped scripts. Moses, at the water, at the, you know, at the sea, parted. Didn't remove the sea. He parted it so that they could get through their situations. The woman at the well, hanging her head low because of all of her sin and everything, there for water, encounters Jesus, the guy that goes to a well without a bucket. Who goes to the well without a bucket? She gets... 
gloriously saved, and while the apostles were feeding their faces and drinking because of their long journey, she goes back to the village and starts a revival. The script got flipped. This book is full of it. And the best one is, everybody was saying Jesus was dead. They crucified him. He's in the tomb. But three days later, God the Father flipped the script. And Jesus is alive. So what makes you think he's not in control of what's going on today? And what makes you think he's not in control of your life? What makes you think that he can't cast out darkness, overcome addictions, rejection, temptation? What makes you think he can't heal the sick, that he can't set people free and redeem us and heal our broken-hearted hearts and our brokenness in our lives? we got to read our word. we got to be reminded he has given us what? The Holy Spirit. Before he ascended, he says, I'm going to give you the greatest gift I could ever give you. The Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit, by the way, in my eyes, is the complete smoke and odor remover. Plain and simple. When we give our cares to God, it doesn't mean you get to take them back when you feel like taking them back. Oh, I give my cares to Jesus. I take my cares back. Oh, just Jesus, just give me a few of them back. Just give me the give me the hurt and the rejection one back. You can keep the rest. You laugh, but that's what goes on today in people's lives. We gotta stop with our, we gotta stop feeling. We gotta start engaging. I love the word engage. What is a prescription for eliminating smoke biblically? Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And oh, by the way, thank him for everything he's already done. Then you will experience, I love the thens in the Bible, then you will experience God's peace. Woo, there's a word. Peace. How about we take the word fear out of everybody's life and put peace in there? You'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. People say to me, how do you have peace? Right here. Because there is absolutely nothing I can do but pray. You're listening to the news, and you get all upset. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Turn it off and pray. Because that's all you can do. You can't change what they're doing. I thought I could. But I can't. Only God can. He's got to change it. And he wants to hear from us. When we let go of everything, uh-oh, and completely trust in the Lord. You know, we got to be careful what we pray for. And when you recite these scriptures and you sing these songs and you're all here, hallelujah, and you go home and go, something's wrong. And the Lord dealt with me on this. We watch a movie, my wife's 
loves action movies, and one of her favorite ones is Tombstone. <laughs> and Doc Holliday's there, he takes out the bad guy, and he's laying there, and he takes out the sheriff's badge, and he starts to hand it back to Wyatt. And Wyatt goes, why are you giving it back to me? He goes, because my hypocrisy can only go so far. Because he didn't want to be the sheriff. He didn't want to have a sheriff's badge. And the Lord spoke to me. He says, your hypocrisy can only go so far. Let it go. I'm letting it go. And when you follow Philippians 4, it says, number one, I'll break it down for you. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. It's so simple. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. <laughs> and then there's peace. And God spoke to me. I said, Lord, what is peace? And I was going through everything. And I was sitting there writing. I write in my journal every day. And as I'm writing, I, I put peace equals. And I was waiting to hear God's voice. And God spoke to me. He said, Charlie, peace is letting me explain things to you later. say what? <laughs> well, didn't you just preach a message? Because I preached a message on Psalms. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. He said, if you truly trust me with all of your heart, then it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Just trust me and I'll explain it later. Wow. wow. Whole new definition of peace. So now when I start to get riled up with what things are going on, I hear the Holy Spirit say, peace, Charlie. Okay, Lord, you'll explain it to me later. And then, and then you know, I was sharing this with one of my friends on the phone. He goes, hey, Charlie, what if he doesn't share with you what it was all about? I said, hey, look, if I'm up in heaven, who cares? I'm dancing on the streets of gold. <laughs> I don't need an explanation. I'm just going to trust. I just trusted you. See, when you follow these actions, the peace of God shows up. His peace will fall into your heart, and it will fall into your mind, and His peace is another odor eliminator. His peace will eliminate the most stubborn smell of smoke in your life. Peace. Why? The Bible tells us His peace brings truth. Truth is another odor absorber. But what is truth? Uh-oh. Webster defines truth, that which is true or in accordance with the fact of or reality. Accordance with fact or reality. The word of God defines truth as self-expression of God. Because the definition of truth flows from God, truth is theological. But today, how does the world define truth? Relativism. A view that ethical truths depend upon individuals and the groups holding them. So what we have today in the world is truth is a moving target. It's whatever a group or whatever a person thinks is truth, it becomes truth. And if you think, I don't know what I'm talking about, rewind the past two years and listen to what's been going on. There's no absolute truths today. 
It's crazy. It's not logical. We live in an absolute world. I'll guarantee you, if you go out on Hoosick Street, and we saw them hiding in the bushes this morning, okay, as you start to climb the hill, they know right where to go. As you're starting to accelerate to get up that hill, God forbid you're doing 35, they're going to grab you. But the absolute truth is, if you go barreling up Hoosick Street at 45 miles an hour, I got a pretty good idea, you're going to get pulled over. And when you get pulled over by the police or the sheriff or the state trooper, and you, I can just imagine using today's words, well, you know what, I knew the speed limit was 30, but I felt, you know, what the heck, I could do 45, I mean, that's just a sign. I can guarantee you, you're going to get a ticket. But when it comes to all this other stuff, culture is valuing tolerance over truth. And what is tolerance? Sympathy, indulgence for beliefs or practices differing from our conflicting or conflicting with one's own. We could disagree to agree with respect. That's what we should be doing. We should be respecting one another, loving one another. And today, all our thoughts are now exactly valid. Biblical truth, this right here, folks, truth is not what we feel. Truth is what the Word of God says. Feelings change. Truth is not what society says is true. Truth is what God's Word says is true. Can I ask you this morning, what's feeding your feed? What's feeding the feed of your mind? What's feeding the feed of your heart? The world or this? Oh, now you're getting silent on me. 2 Thessalonians. You know, I grew up under a pastor that said, let the word preach, let the word teach, let the word counsel. So I'm not going to stand up here and give you all this stuff and not back it up with Scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10. The coming of the lawless one is according to the work of Satan. With all power, signs, and lying, and wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Wow. Talk about a scripture that fits today. Politically correct is not biblically correct. Oh, don't shout me down. Truth is not circumstantial. Truth does not change with circumstances. Truth is not a moving target. Ephesians 4.14. Listen to this. Listen to this. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do Ephesians 4.14. I'm actually going to Mark 4.24. I think it says it better. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, by the way, these are words in red, so this is Jesus speaking. Okay? So Jesus added, pay close attention to what you hear. Basically, consider what you hear. The closer you listen, oh, come on now, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. 
more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, uh uh-oh, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Wow. Not my words. Now I'll give you Ephesians 4, 14. No prolonged infancies among us, please, will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy prey for predators. God wants us to grow up and to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through you and me, nourishing us so that we'll grow up healthy in God, robust in love. We've got to stop making lies look and sound like the truth. We've got to uncover them. So here's a little prescription for, the, for y'all. I'm going to give you three of them, and then we're going to pray. Number one, build your life on the truth, no matter what is happening around you. You need to have the right theology. You need to stand on truth. You need to clear out the smoke of the world. You need to be sold out for biblical truths. That's what you need to be sold out for. If you're sold out for this word, things may continue going on the way they're continuing, but our job is to get out there and start saving people, start getting them into the kingdom, start getting them to understand that without Christ in their life, that they're going to serve an eternal damnation. And people say, Charlie, that's just too hard. It's not too hard. It's the truth. You can read for it yourself. Do you know the truth will make you stronger? Remember this. Theology shapes your life. So if you're buying into the world's theology, that's what's shaping your mind and your heart and your children. If you're buying into the theology of this, then the Word of God is shaping your life and shaping the life of your children. What are you going to choose? And I've told you, and I've said this so many times, you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the Bible. You're going to snap like a turkey wishbone. And you can't play the hokey pokey with the Word of God. I put my right foot in, I take my right foot out. I put my right foot in, and I shake it all about. I do the hokey pokey, and I turn myself around, and that's what it's all about. No, you put your whole self in and you stay there. Come on. Absolutely. I feel like Pastor Matt up here now. <laughs> Daniel 3. I'm going to prove this, that it makes you stronger. Right from Scripture. Daniel 3, verses 16 through 18. Have a heart that downloads the right feed. Stop listening to all the negative feed and the untruths. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, 
Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Wow. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, listen to this, listen to these words. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Wow. I have never seen this like I've seen it in Daniel 3. He will, he, he doesn't stop there. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. You know what I love about this? They're feeding him. I mean, they're reading him the riot act, but they're respectful. That's the problem we have today. We can't respect one another's opinions. We can't respect our words. We want to beat everybody up because they're not saying what we want them to say. But even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't save us, wow, these guys were young. You know, they were in their teens during this time, okay? Even if he doesn't save us, we want to make it clear to you. I mean, come on. You want to see strength here? Come on. They are getting stronger with every word that comes out of their mouth. We're going to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never, oh my God, they actually, I got saved and they said never use the word never. They use it right here. That we will never serve your gods, small g, or worship the gold statue that you have set up. Where are you at today? Are you at the never stage? We are at the never stage. A pastor two months ago calls me up on the phone. He goes, I went online and I listened to one of your messages when you're in Kentucky. You didn't really mean if someone held a gun to your head to pronounce Jesus as your Lord and Savior or go with, that you would take the bullet? I said, yeah, I would take the bullet. Imagine on Judgment Day, Pastor Matt, you're standing before the, the throne of Jesus and he looks at you and he says, why didn't you take the bullet? And profess that I am your Lord and Savior. But the world, I ain't going to be in that position, folks. See, what we forget is there will be a judgment day. And you will answer for what you did and what you did not do. See, these three guys, they learned to build their, their life on truth. And not what society said was true. And you could say, you can't, this, this story doesn't make sense. Are you kidding me? They wanted them to bow to a gold statue. What are we being asked to bow to today? No smoke of the world penetrated the hearts of these three young men. None. None. See, we've got to learn to trust God with every part of our heart. I rhymed it so you can remember it. Trust God with every part of your heart. Line up your will with God's word. You mean this? Yeah. Dust it off and start reading it. Are you ready for this? We need to be word-born. Uh-oh. Word-fed, 
and word governed. Then, and only then, can you surely trust the Lord with all of your heart and all of your understanding. See, you can read that scripture till the cows come home. They want to be milked. But you can't, you can't trust the Lord fully until you are word-born, word-fed, and word-governed. Because once you allow that to happen in your life, you can trust God with anything. Air purifiers, HEPA filters and stuff, remove contaminants from the air. To purify means to be free from undesirable elements. If you want to be free of undesirable elements, then you got to let the Word of God be your purifier, be your HEPA filter for your life. When we walk through the fires of life, it's vital to refuse to allow our circumstances to be contaminated, to smoke up our minds. That's what I allowed to happen in my life. I let people smoke up my mind. I let situations smoke up my mind. And it neutralized me. Instead of the odor being neutralized and the smoke neutralized, I got neutralized. It can be tempting, folks. Listen, been there, done this so many times. It can be tempting to dwell on the negative things that have happened to us and to wallow in our hurt and our disappointments and have self-pity parties for ourselves. But if we're not going to be held back by the hurt, we have to purify our minds, purify our thoughts, purify our hearts, purify our actions. We're to captivate every thought that comes in to our mind and say, no, you cannot have a toehold in my life. I am a born again Christian, I have been washed with the blood of the Lamb. The same deutimous power that raised Christ from the dead is inside of me. And you can't smoke me up. You can't take away my vision. You can't deter me from doing what God has destined me to do. How do we accomplish this? First, we recognize we are not fighting a battle of flesh and blood. We're battling the principalities of the air. It is impossible to use a natural weapon to fight spiritual things. The only thing that you can fight spiritual things with is bingo. We must use the tools that God gives us in his written word to defeat the enemy when he comes against us. Second thing. is we have to learn to take every thought captive. I already gave it to you. And examine it to see whether it is from God or not. Pass it through the Word of God. Everybody's saying to me, I don't know how to defend myself. Oh my God. It's so easy. It's in here. It's like the spaghetti sauce. It's in there. That's a sum of spicy meat to Bali. Yeah, right here. It's a spicy meatball. And no matter what the world raises up, it can't beat this. 
Paul encourages us, purify your minds by bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 10.5. We have to ask ourselves, does this thought line up with God? Does it line up with the Word of God? If it doesn't, get rid of it. Is this something I should allow myself to be thinking? Should I adopt this theology? Should I be worried? Should I fear? Should, should I? No, no, no. Stop it. You keep thinking and you keep believing all that's being fed to you, you're going to have a negative result. I can tell you that right now. Because Philippians 4.8 says, gives, gives us the standard for not only our thoughts that we should allow in our minds, but fixing our thoughts. Thoughts on what is true. Thoughts on what is honorable. Thoughts on what is right. Thoughts on what is pure. Thoughts on what is lovable. Thoughts on what is admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Those are not my words. That's Philippians 4.8. Any thought that doesn't meet this criteria that I just read to you should be removed quickly and replaced with one that doesn't smell like smoke. The truth, number two, the truth will make you bold. Truth makes you strong. Truth makes you bold. When you know the truth, you step out and you trust God in confidence and boldness. Look at David. Woo! You want to talk about boldness and confidence? Who is that uncircumcised Philistine that would say those things about my God? I'm going to take you out. I'm going to kill you, I'm going to chop up your head, and I'm going to feed your body to the birds and the animals. Well, I would say that's pretty bold. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They walked through the fiery furnace. God just didn't protect them. He got in the furnace with them. And he walked beside them every step of the way. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, I would have loved to meet this guy. What up? I shouldn't say this, but elevator didn't go to the top floor. Okay? But anyway, it says that he was astonished. There wasn't just three men in the... Didn't we just put three guys in that furnace? He was amazed to see four walking around unscathed. And he goes this far. He said, the fourth one looks like a god. Look it up, Daniel 3, 25. When we walk through the fires of life, we can have the boldness, we can have the confidence that no matter what we're experiencing in our life, that our God is a merciful God and He will walk right beside us, never leaving or forsake us. And I was telling a friend that I was going to preach this message here today and he goes, yeah, but how do you handle... How do you handle John the Baptist? He went into prison in a hole, and he came out in two pieces. Where was God? It's a pastor asking me this. I said, God was right there. He was with him. It was his time. 
He did what God had him to do. My God, he baptized Jesus. He baptized the Savior of the world. We can't fear death. Jesus conquered death at the cross. There's, there's Christians that believe that they actually think they're not going to die because Christ died for them. No, 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 no. We're going to have a life eternal. Fiery trials are inevitable in life. They're going to come every day, and the Bible tells us, don't be surprised when they come your way. Instead, uh-oh, everybody hates this scripture. Rejoice when we experience them because those trials make us more like Jesus. He gives us the most perfect example to follow. You know, if you're a Christ follower, you know, to follow somebody means to follow. I want to follow Christ in such a way that when that rabbi is walking, the dust of his sandals is splashing up into my face. That's how close I want to follow Jesus. But if you say you're a Christ follower, no, I don't want to go there. I'll go a little bit. <laughs> and you're not reflecting Christ, who are you following? With all that Jesus experienced, he could have retained the smell of smoke. He could have. He was rejected. He was betrayed. He was doubted. And he was abused. But the word says that his life was a sweet-smelling aroma to God. No smoke there. No smoke there. See, that's why you got to know your word. This is why you got to study the word. The same can be true for you and I. Let the truth clear the air. Jesus is the truth. He is the only way. He's better than any HEPA filter made. By the way, I'll give you a little sidebar here. We live by, he just moved away from us, we live by an American Airlines pilot. He was a captain for 25 years. And he said, if you believe the baloney they're telling you that HEPA filters keep the air clean on an airplane, I've got a horse to sell you. He says, when I'm in the plane and in the cockpit, he says, I open the little window to let air in. He says, and I turn off the filtered air. He says, it, caught, it burns more jet fuel. He said, but I'm not breathing the air that you're breathing back there. Nobody can purify the air like the truth and peace of Jesus. Almost there, folks. Don't let social media shape your life. Do you know the average American checks social media 365 times a day? A day. The average American spends two hours a day on social media of some sort. You know, the news used to inform us on the daily happenings, but today the social media is out to influence our thoughts. And that's why you've got to captivate every thought into captivity. Last one, number three, have a heart that downloads the right feed. The truth makes you stronger. 
This truth makes you bolder and courageous. Number three, <laughs> I mean, uh, bold. And number three, the truth makes you contagious. What? Yeah, the truth makes you contagious. Let's go back to my buddy, King Nebuchadnezzar. Then King Nebuchadnezzar came close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, capital G. Come out. Come here. I think they were contagious. Because before he was saying God, G-O-D, small g, now he's saying of the not only God, most high God. Well, their strength, their boldness, their courageousness got contagious. So Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. (laughs) Can you picture this? Then the high officers, officials, and governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. The air got cleared. And here's what Nebuchadnezzar said. Come on. Oh, my God. Listen to this. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue the servants who trusted in him. I think that's contagious. They, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, defined the, defiled the king's command. And we're willing to die rather than to serve or worship any other God than their own. And then King Nebuchadnezzar not only says, praise the God of the Most High, then he makes a decree. You want to talk about being contagious? If any people... (laughs) This was an evil king, folks. you got to get the point of the story. He threw them in the furnace to burn them up, to get rid of them, to silence them, to gag order them, to stop them from spreading what they were spreading. Kind of like how our words are trying to be stifled and taken away from us. If any people, this is the king, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn from limb, from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Oh my God! You want to talk about a transformation from the inside out? Woo, what a testimony. Imagine those three guys go, man, you know that guy, King Nebuchadnezzar, that real evil king? Wow, he got saved. And the fire of the Holy Ghost. Well, wait a minute. We're not talking about the Holy Ghost. This is Old Testament. No, the fire of the Holy Ghost was inside that furnace. 
And the old king got touched along with all of his other buddies. Well, that's a great testimony. But it gets better. The king promotes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the providence of Babylon. Talk about being contagious. Because they did not sway. Because they did not give in. They changed the most evil nation that could be changed. Folks, here it is. Can I get a keyboard player up here or somebody, please? Listen, you cannot change the authority over your own life. You don't know what to do. Yeah, you don't know what to do. And you don't know what you don't know. We must always appeal to a higher authority, the Word of God. The truth in the world changes day by day. The truth in the Word of God does not. It is absolute. The truth eliminates the smoke and reveals the lies and the deceptions. You and I are marked by His presence. The biblical truth impacted a nation a pagan king gets gloriously saved. How can we know the truth when the world says different? I'll tell you how. John 1, verses 1 through 2. We write you now about what has always existed, which we have heard. We have seen with our own eyes. We have looked at and we have touched with our hands. We write to you about the, the word that gives life. He who gives life was shown to us. We saw him and we can give proof about it. They walked with Jesus. They were witnesses. They could see. But many of them became martyrs because they would not sway in their faith. His truth gets into us when we get in to Him. Come on. That's what it's all about. That's where it's at. Wow. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done listening. I'm done. You know, all these theories and all this stuff going on. I don't need theories. I don't need all of this stuff. All I know is, 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 is you're going to walk out of here and say, this guy, his elevator stopped going to the top floor. That's okay. Because I am brainwashed. I am blood washed. I am, I am Holy Spirit washed. I am so brainwashed that I can look through the eye of a keyhole with both eyes open. This does not change. And I told the leaders yesterday, you know, I got pastors texting me all the time. They, they, they call me, hey, prophet, hey, prophet, I hate that. You know, but they, hey, prophet, is Jesus coming? Is he coming soon? I write back, yeah, Jesus is coming. They write back, when? I go, well, the Bible says, 
that Jesus is coming back for the bride without what? Spot or wrinkle. Well, what's that mean, Charlie? <laughs> it's one pastor. He's a riot. What's that mean, Charlie? I'll tell you what it means. The bride is in the bathrobe, slippers, mud pack, hair and curlers. Bride ain't without spot or wrinkle right now. But the bride's got to wake up and get ready. We got a whole world out there buying into untruths. You know, we're part of a church in Florida called Christ Fellowship. I think they're 20 or 22,000 strong right now, members in the church, you know, multiple campuses. We first started to go to that church when we first moved to Florida. If you raised your arms in church, the ushers would come up to you and say, please put your arms down. Because they believed in the Holy Spirit, but they didn't believe. <laughs> Their main campus holds 7,500 people. And we went, when we went back to the church, you know, all these arms are up in the air. People worship, the worship leaders got their arms up in the air. And I go, gee, I wonder what happened here. So I went online and I read it. And he said, look, <laughs> we had to apologize for what we were doing. But we found out the Holy Spirit is much stronger than we are. <laughs> we had to give in. He gave us the Holy Spirit. For what reason? I need a Kleenex, sure. Please, you can find one. Thank you. You didn't use this, did you? He would give me a used one. He gave us the Holy Spirit for a reason. So that we would not fear what man can do to us. I believe in our nation. I believe in the world. I believe there's a great harvest yet to be had. But the church can't sleep during the same. They can't hide out in fear. Man, someone got a word yesterday. One of your leaders got a word that the people came against you and they ground you into the ground with their heel. Little did they know they were planting you for a new season in your life. We've been ground, haven't we, Sharon? <laughs> we serve an awesome God. So I hope this word gets into your spirit. If you're watching online, I hope this word gets into your spirit. Stop fearing. Stop letting the smoke of the world come on you. Stop, stop letting the odors of this world come upon you. You are bought with the blood of the Lamb. You are blood washed. When you're blood washed, there should be no smell of smoke or no odor on you. You should be totally sold out for Christ. Wow. Wow. Maybe I messed up your series a little bit. That's okay. <laughs> Gotta have faith. Gotta have faith. See, faith is required if you believe in his peace. Because what Lord spoke to me is, again, his peace is him explaining things to you later. And in order for you to wait for later, you've got to have faith to believe what he's doing. He's doing. That's right. 
I love it. I'm, we're blessed. We're blessed to see this church. We're blessed to see new faces. We're blessed to see what God is doing here. Because God has always called this place a harvesting place. I remember when the platform was up here, and God forbid you stepped wrong. If you were in the Holy Spirit, you hoped you sprouted wings. I remember one service. Everybody was out of their seats, and they were crammed up to the altar, jumping and hopping and screaming and hollering and praising the Lord because God says, I'm going to make this place a harvesting place. I'm going to make this place a place of revival. But make this place a lighthouse. Amen. <laughs> you know, we joked a lot because it was a dead end street. And the Lord spoke to me this morning. This is the place where the dead are going to come and experience the end and pick up new life. So there it is. There it is. Hallelujah. Wow. Woo! I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but it doesn't take much these days. <laughs>